Hey everybody, this is Flavio Romeo, and this is a very unique episode of the Glenrock Towncast and the Hawthorne Towncast. We're actually putting these out at the exact same time. It's episode 41 of the Hawthorne Towncast of season 2, and episode 7 of the Glenrock Towncast of season 1. If you're not aware that we have a Towncast in both, either look them up on Facebook or look them up on anywhere you listen to this podcast, uh, or go to thetowncast.com and you'll see uh, links to both of uh, the Hawthorne and the Glenrock Towncast. So I hope you guys enjoy it. It's a great episode. We've got Mike O'Hagan, uh, Hawthorne High School class of 1979 and a member of the famed state champion football team. And then he moved to Glenrock and became a football coach in Glenrock and also a council member and, and involved in, uh, in that town as well. So I think you're really going to get a kick out of his story. All right, enjoy the episode, everybody. All right, everybody, here we are. We're on the corner of Glen Ave and Rock Road. We're at the Glen Rock Inn. You guys heard Victor uh, on a previous episode. I, 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 I'm so excited. This is, this is a very unique episode because in, in the history of the Hawthorne Towncast and in the short history of the Glen Rock Towncast, we've never done this, but we're going to bridge. We're going to bridge the two. We're actually going to release. This episode is coming out at the exact same time in Hawthorne and the exact same time in Glenrock because we we have someone with us that that actually bridges the two towns together. Now you guys in Hawthorne, you you know the O'Hagan family. I've always felt like they were like 25 O'Hagan children. It just felt that way because they were always in the paper, they were always doing something athletic. And you know, me being a fat kid growing up in in in, uh, in Hawthorne, I always admired the O'Hagans. And 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 you guys in Glenrock now you know the, the second half of, of the O'Hagan story. When, when he moved here, he ended up becoming a uh, uh, football coach and ended up being on the, on the council. And there's a lot of history between the two. And, and we're neighbors, guys. You know what? We have to look out for each other. There's a lot of ways that we can support each other. We're right next door to each other. There are a lot of businesses that, that exist in both towns that we can frequent and, and just help support one another. So I, I, I can't thank this guy enough mike o'hagan thank you so much for coming on thank you flavio and appreciate the kind words and uh the people glenrock are, are very appreciative of what you're doing too in a short period of time that you've been doing this you're getting some real positive feedback so thank you very much i, I appreciate that and i'm so glad you came on because i know we had we had tommy DeMeo. i'm gonna i'm gonna start from when you were a little kid but we had tommy DeMeo on in a, in a, a past episode and you were on that team Yes. You were on the class. You were in the 19, what was it, 78? 78, uh, yeah, 78 team, 79 graduating class. That was the undefeated team. Uh, no, we were uh, we were t- 11 and 1. 11 and yeah, 1. Who did you lose to? We lost to Ramsey. My wife never lets me forget it because she, <laughs> she's from Ramsey, so I, she never lets me forget it. But, as yeah. long as it wasn't Glenrock. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So class, shout out to class of 79. That was a, That was a huge class. I mean... That whole '78 season, I remember. I was I was a sophomore uh, in in seven yeah in '78. I was a sophomore, and we were all just we went to every single game. It was a how was it how how did it feel for you? I mean, you were what 17? 17. Yeah, it was. You know what? It was just part of uh, part of the tradition growing up back then. You know, we we had won the state championship in '74 and '75. 
Mr. DeMeo took over 76, we were 4-4-1, and, and then the 77 team, I can't remember what I had for lunch, but I can remember this. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we, we only lost one game in the uh, our junior year, but we, we missed the playoffs because of a tie, and I still say our junior year team was as good, if not better, than our state championship team. But yeah, so uh, I remember it very, I'm still very close with a lot of the guys, uh, Glenn Sisa, uh, Brian Nejma, Scott Cabrell, you know, some Joe Longo, Phil Stanley, Jeff Hebel, some some old names from, from Hawthorne. But, yeah, some 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 great times, some great times. Yeah, you know, if you guys listening that that uh, are a little bit younger than we are, uh, I mean, this was – we I don't, I don't feel like the town has had – because the town really rallied behind – I felt like the town was in it with you guys. Yeah, well, again, it was, it was, it was great. And I, co- I had the – I was fortunate enough to coach at Hawthorne when I got out of school and we went to the state finals a few times and we had some really good teams and we got knocked out a few times but those were special times and when you're a kid you're looking at it from a totally different perspective as when you're more of an adult as a coach but uh, you know there was just the, the parties afterwards and the fun and you know everybody getting involved and it was just it was just a, a great time I, I wish the Bears luck this year to have a very good team this year and uh, I, I have I have a good feeling we may hopefully get over the hump. It's time. It's time. Well, and I tell you, this is going to come out after the Hawthorne Glenrock game. So at the end of this, I'm going to ask you for your prediction. So you know, you ponder that because now, you know, this is this is crossroads right here, and we're actually at the crossroads on Rock Road and Glen. So you know, I'm going to ask you that a little bit later. Uh, so you grew up obviously you grew up in Hawthorne. I'm from the Bronx originally. Oh, were you born in the Bronx? Uh, born in the Bronx, yeah. We moved out of the Bronx when I was eight years old. Eight or, yeah, eight years old. And I uh, went to St. Anthony's, you know, with our whole family. You know, the Irish Catholics, we all went to St. Anthony's, got <laughs> on the bus on uh, the corner of Utter and Ninth Ave with the, the Gormans and the Hebel families and everybody else and going to, the, going to school. And then, uh, you know, uh, I stayed at Hawthorne, graduated from Hawthorne. I was fortunate enough to go to uh, Lehigh University in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, played football there. Now, did you did you did you like go to Lehigh, planning to play football? Well, yeah, I, I had some other. You know, I was fortunate back then. I was a pretty decent player, and uh, but my father told me get in, go to the best school possible. I could have gone to bigger schools and played a bigger brand of ball, but back then Lehigh was an independent one double A, and we played a we had a heck of a schedule. My senior year, we played nine scholarship teams. And we were eight and three my senior year. We had a we had a great season. Really? Yeah, we had a great. What position? I played strong safety and I punted, so I was like an outside linebacker in today's world. Now there were some rumors that at one point during your uh, your four years at, at Lehigh that you, you got you got some kind of accolade. Oh well, it's all about the team. But I, I was fortunate to yeah, my senior year. I was a I was defensive player of the year my senior year. We had a, we had a good squad. Depends on what year did you graduate? Uh, well, I, gr- I graduated a little bit after. My father said it took me a little bit more time to graduate, but it was the 84, 84 year. Uh, you were on the five year plan? Eh, somewhat like something like that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, doctors go to school for exactly. ten years. Come on, no doubt, no doubt. No. <laughs> All right, so so you grow up in Hawthorne. You go to Hawthorne High. You guys have an outstanding. And I and I remember, you know, everybody would talk about. I was too young to go to the O'Hagan parties, <laughs> but I allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, I remember everybody talking about and going to the O'Hagans, and you know, it's it's such a big name, and and for a lot of you guys that uh, that grew up in Hawthorne, I know you know the name. Uh, why don't you shout out your your whole family, all your kids, uh, well, all your, all your siblings? Yeah, well, my my brother Jim was two years behind me. He's a class eighty one. My brother Pat is a class of uh, no, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, eighty seven. I'm sorry, not eighty one. I'm seventy nine, so he was. 
81, 83 in my sister Margaret, the best athlete of all of us. She was 86. Yeah, because I know Jim, I was right in between. I graduated yeah. 80, so yeah. I was in between you and and, uh, and Jimmy, but they all played sports. Yeah, we all played, you know, and again, the funny thing is my favorite sport is basketball. I mean, when we were in high school, we lost to the state, we went to the state finals my junior and senior year at Hawthorne. Uh, and we are yeah, yeah, Who'd you lose to? Uh, we lost to Lodi in double overtime as a junior, and we lost to Lynnhurst by six senior year and both years we had guys out Gus Shell got hurt one year and Artie Pavlik was hurt the year or Don Nolan the year before this is how you can tell when when something just sticks in you for the rest of your oh, life yeah well you got you gotta like to you gotta you gotta hate to lose more than you love to win uh, that's good that's good yeah that's how you win that's hate to lose remember the losses more than you remember the wins so yeah yeah, yeah. but that was a that was a long long time ago Flavio. believe me a long time ago <laughs> well you look great well thank you very much all right, so you go to Lehigh, you graduate senior year, defensive player. What, what were you, what were your plans after after college? Well, I had uh, had some tryouts, had a cup of coffee with, in the USFL. Was going to give it a shot. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, but you know, I did the best I could. Like I said, my father always said, if you're good enough, they'll find you. So, uh, you know, I, I graduated with an English degree with a law minor. So I had uh, coming out of high school, I had uh, thoughts of being a, a lawyer, but my GPA at Lehigh. Uh, took it to another spot but uh, so I was in the sales and marketing and things of that nature and then I got into the safety issue uh, safety background which I've been doing now for a while but yeah Lehigh was a Lehigh was a great experience and my son ended up going to school out there he went to uh, went to Moravian College which is in Bethlehem my nephew Joe went to Muhlenberg which is in Allentown they played football against each other for four years in college. did they really yeah so Pat and uh, who won uh, Muhlenberg Muhlenberg they, they took it to uh, Moravian pretty much every year yeah, but uh, we had the O'Hagan Bowl every year, so we had a tailgate party. Uh, one, the first year was at at, uh, at Moravian, then Muhlenberg and Moravian, Muhlenberg. So my brother Pat and I, each year, we amped it up a little bit more, a little bit more. So we had, we had and everybody of, trekked down there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome. All right, so now you you get out. So when did you when did you migrate? Over to Glenrock. What what brought you to Glenrock? Uh, my my wife is from was from Ramsey. We I, I had an apartment up in Hale, in Haleden, uh, right off of Haleden Avenue, and we were there for about a year and a half, two years, trying to save our money, and we bought our first house in Midland Park. So we had a we had a nice house in Midland Park. We were there for about five years, and we were going to start. We had just had our daughter Julianne. And we were thinking about maybe having another child. And we were not allowed to put a extension on our house because of the way the property was set up. It was a beautiful neighborhood, all oak trees, and, you know, small starter house type thing. Not a small house, but a nice house. And then my wife said, look, we got we to gotta find a little bit bigger house. And we came and she looked around. I was actually away on a business trip and she called me up. She goes, well, I sold the house uh, <laughs> in like three days. She, she was a realtor at the time. And uh, I'm going to start looking for a house. And we were very, very fortunate. We found a house here in Glenrock. It was... Uh, I remember when we walked in, we got to the door with her father, and she said, don't worry about it. Think about the uh, the upside of this house. I'm like, first of all, it's Glenrock. You and I knew going up in Hawthorne, Glenrock was, you know, on the other side of, uh, the other on the other side side of, of Lincoln Giants, Ave. Right? So, you know, <laughs> the big moat down Lincoln Ave. But, uh, and it was one block from the from the grammar school, five blocks from the high school, and uh, three or four blocks from transportation into the city. I'm like, we're never going to be able to afford this. Sure as heck, we opened up the front door. 35 cats running around. The place smelt like terrible. Oh, no. I'm like, and I'm allergic to cats. I oh, love, no. So I walked in. I'm like, 
well, I don't even remember what was what the house looked like. And my wife goes, well, you got all your friends. We'll, we'll gut it and we'll fix it and we'll do it up. And that was, you know, 25 years old. Now we have a beautiful house. My father helped me with a nice deck out the back. You know, we, we don't live in the, uh, we live over uh, by Coleman School District. Really nice area. And it's a beautiful town. So, you know, I stayed, we said we're going to live in Glen Rock for a little while. You know, the five-year plan turned into a 25-year plan because we just love it here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's there are no bad areas of Glenrock. No, I mean, it's no, just a beautiful community, and, and that's one of the things I love is that Glenrock is very much like Hawthorne. It's very it's 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 walkable. Everybody knows everybody, and you can just get that feeling when you just walk around Rock Road, and and you know, it's it's just that kind of community. Well, it's couldn't agree with you more, and that's part of one of the reasons why we stayed here as long as we have because the kids got to know everybody. You know, everybody was essentially located like at Hawthorne. You know, you didn't have a whole bunch of dead. One place you all went to high school, and, and in Glenrock, the middle school and the high school were in the same building. Oh, so, is that right? Yeah, so you got to know everybody really, oh, wow. really young. And um, like you said, you come here, the Glenrock Inn is, is a staple for a lot of reasons. They support everybody, as do a lot of our businesses downtown. But, you know, you just you just get a nice feel for the town. And again... I'm always on the other side of Lincoln Ave too. I'm always at Shortways. I'm always at the other places, you know, in town. You know, uh, uh, the Celtic Pub and the other, all the really nice restaurants that Hawthorne has opened up. Hawthorne has really become a, a food destination. I mean, a lot of people from Glenrock are, are going, and other towns are, are heading to, heading to Hawthorne. And I'm really glad that we're having this conversation because I really do think there's a, a nice symmetry between not only the, the culture of the towns, but just the, the opportunities for people to come and visit both towns. Absolutely. I think I think over the last, I'd say maybe five, seven years, with, with the opening of uh, Celtic Corner and Blackjack Mulligan's, Del and Danny's, and now we have a Thai place that's opening yep. up. And, you know, it's it's the food is becoming more diverse. You've got Mediterranean food at Fat Moe's. You've got, you know, uh, Mexican food at El Gallo. You know, it's... it's and I see... I'm hoping that that happens here with a lot of the places that are available mm-hmm. on Rock Road. I'm hoping that that kind of culinary, uh, culinary type variety just opens up here as well. Because, like you said, I mean, it's you know, you cross Lincoln Ave. It's it's we're 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 one. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Especially during the pandemic, when when everybody was struggling and everybody's trying to support one another. You know, my hope is that that continues. It's, it's like. You know, people became very insular. A lot of the restaurants, I know the Glenrock Inn, you know, they, they started doing curbside service. They started doing delivery, and they started trying to figure out a way. How can we support our community? How can we get our product to them? And in turn, how can we support our local businesses? Yeah, it, everybody had to get real creative to stay open, and and unfortunately, some please, some of the types of businesses went down. But I'm I'm confident that. They'll, they'll come back because they will be they will be supported. The one thing about our town here in Glenrock and Hawthorne uh, is that they support the local, and that's what we got to do. Yeah, and that's that's what this is about, guys. I know, I know for for those of you that have that have heard this, you know, for the last year and a few months in Hawthorne, and, and now just just starting up in Glenrock, you know, spread the word. The whole point of these towncasts is to get to know one another. Uh, I mean, I've been sitting here with 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 Mike for. 
about 20 minutes and you know everybody that walks by he's, he's like you know he, he's, he's the mayor of of the Glen Rock Inn everybody walk, I think they're just walking by just to see you <laughs> I don't know about that but we're very very fortunate that it's probably because of my wife she's a she's 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 the she's the magnet in this town not me <laughs> <laughs> all right so I know you coached you coached football in high school right in, in yes, Hawthorne I coached uh well I, I started at Hawthorne when I got out of school after a little bit was there with uh Mr. DeMeo senior um then Young Tommy was coaching at Syracuse, and then he got a job at Elmwood Park. So I went to coach with Tommy for three years at Elmwood Park, which was difficult from our days back in Hawthorne because <laughs> Elmwood Park was never really a fan of any of ours. But uh, we had a really good we had a really really good time here. Tommy, young Tommy's a as good if not better coach than his father. And then Tommy got the job at William Patterson, and so I went up to William Patterson for a year, and then we started to got married and then we started working on the house and things like that and then uh, when we moved back to Glenrock uh, a, a dear dear friend of mine Bill Clark who was a staple in this town uh, we met at a, a church function with my wife and his wife uh, Bill passed away a few years ago and big southern southern guy and he said I heard you I heard you coach football he said we should we should get you back involved and Al Diet who was a legendary coach here in Glenrock uh, Bill I mean Bill Clark literally called him from the back deck and Al Dia goes, yeah, send him down tomorrow because uh, his he played in '78. His brother played. Did, did, he knew the whole. You league. all knew each yeah, other. Yeah, he's 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 a servant, so he's a great coach. So I went down and met with him, and uh, the rest is you know as they say. I was I was here for almost 20 years coaching at Glenrock, and then I coached the junior football program. I coached girls soccer, basketball. Just get you know like we do. We just get involved. I've, and that started in Hawthorne. The first the first person that actually gave me a chance to coach my favorite sport which is basketball was was the late great Marge Shortway oh is that right I, I coached the Shortway Barn basketball team the seventh and eighth grade team the fifth of the sixth seventh and eighth grade team at Hawthorne as did my brother Jim as did my brother Pat and uh you know we learned about all of those, we learned all of those traits from from all the people that we all grew up with in Hawthorne yeah, get involved yeah, yeah. get involved get involved so well that's the thing I mean you got to give back you know it's it's especially if yeah I mean you 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 and your and your and your family you're gifted you're athletic that that went by my family a long time ago that that didn't exist in my family so you know the nice thing is is you give back to the community when you can you know wherever your strengths are you know give give back your time it's you, you know you're certainly not getting paid coaching no no <laughs> well the, the, the best part about about how we were brought up in our house was that if we didn't have good grades, if we weren't a good student, if we weren't a good person, we didn't play. So, you know, we were all all involved with school. We were all, all went to, all graduated from college, all had, you know, again, I, I love the fact that, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. You know, I was an English major. If I told you I was an English major, everybody would, would crack <laughs> up, you know. Uh, but, you know, sports is just a, another way to, to express yourself and then you get involved with other things and you're able to help people and the camaraderie and you know all, all of those life lessons about sports lead to life you, you got to get up you got to go to work every day sometimes you can have a bad day sometimes you can have a better day but you know what you got to get up and you got to keep grinding you got to keep grinding and the only way you're going to get better is to go against better people go smarter people get a harder job don't 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 sit back on your laurels because you know as a hundred years ago I, I you know now I think I'm bigger, stronger, and faster than I ever was, but I know it's not the truth. But, you yeah, know, the yeah. fun part about it is my friends and the guys that I became friends with, our lifelong friends, 
started in the sports programs, and then you venture out from there. And I've been very, very blessed with the to to be involved with a lot of different things. A lot of now, were your were your parents born overseas? My mother was born in Ireland. My father was not. Okay. My, yeah, so my mother, so we're first generation American. Yeah, yeah. I feel that I feel because I was born in Italy, and and my younger brother was born here, and I feel that that kind of that kind of uh, work ethic, whether it's no matter what it is, mm-hmm. if it's athletics, it's work, it's family, it's the town, I feel like that's very much ingrained in that immigrant spirit. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I was a short order cook at the Hawthorne Hutch. <laughs> my mom my mom, and our friend Joe Scanlon, uh, they owned the Hawthorne Hutch for years and years, and that was my job. I learned that was, you know, before practice. You know what? You got to get up and you gotta, you're, you're working from 6 to 8. You got, oh, yeah. you got the early stuff. So I had to get there at 5.30, crack the eggs, get everything ready to go, to your point. You know what? Go to work. You just do it. You just do it. You, do, you, do, you, do, you, you don't do sit it. there and moan about it. Oh. You just do it. Oh, no. There is no moaning. Oh, not in our house. Not in our house. No way. No way. So, so how so how long were you in Glenrock before you started coaching? And how old were your kids at the time? Did you coach well, them? Uh, well, my I started coaching in Glenrock when Julianne was like two. Wow. So, but I again I coached from when I was twenty five. So I've been I coached everybody's kids all my whole life. I just love giving back and being part of it. So when the time came for for me to get involved here in Glenrock, through like I said with my friend Bill, it just went from there. And then uh, our daughters, Tommy DeMeo's daughter, uh, Colleen, and my daughter, Julianne, are, they grew up together. So they started playing soccer together, and sure as, sure as bejesus, uh, they, needed a, they needed soccer coaches. So Tommy DeMeo, there and you I, go. Tommy DeMeo and I became the girls' soccer coach. You guys are the team. You yeah, guys yeah, were definitely oh, the team. He's, we've been, we've been, uh, we were talking about the other day, I just turned 60. Uh, we've been friends for 52 years. Wow, so you guys, you guys were like, 50, you guys were young. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 50, Tommy, there's a bunch of us, uh, Glenn Sisa, Scotty Cabral, myself, Phil Stanley, uh, Joe Longo, 52, and a bunch of other guys I'm not, I'm sure I'm forgetting, but 52 years we've been That's here. when you first moved here? Yeah, we moved out, I moved out in September, I was late to football practice, I got on the bus, and the first person I met in Hawthorne was Jeff Hebel, <laughs> you know, and he, I sat down next to him, he said, did you ever play football? I said, no, I didn't have it in the where I was originally, took me down to football practice. I met the late great Fred Crisatelli, my yeah, first coach. Yeah, Coach Crisatelli, and um, and all of those those guys, and that was it. You know, I got I got hooked on discipline. I got hooked on being tough. I got hooked on being polite. Yes, sir. No, sir. All those things that have just lived and stuck with me my whole life. But yeah, Mr. Crisatelli was my my first coach ever, and uh, I miss him terribly too. He, yeah, he, uh, he was he, he was an icon. Yeah, here. good guy. Great yeah. guy, and then the Tilsters also. Yeah, oh, you had the Tilsters, you had the Matarazzos, you had the, uh, the, the, the uh, Al Matei, you had uh, a, 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 a whole bunch. Of, Mr. Faust, Ed Faust. Yeah, I mean, all of those guys put in all the time. My, my father uh, did a lot of the baseball stuff. That's he was my first baseball coach on Diamond Liquors. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I mean, all of those guys. You know, Mr. Sloopmaker. You know, there's there's the old names that a lot of people that are listening to this don't remember, but those were the guys that. I call them the pillars of the town. Those are the ones that that did it. No one knows about it. They just kind of got together and and fixed stuff. Like Gene Myers. And I remember yeah. uh, Mr. Myers with football. We had eight extra kids for the football team, so we short eight helmets. My father tells a story. He gave somebody like, 150 bucks out of his pocket, went into Patterson uh, to Gorga's, and came back with with 
10 helmets just in case two more kids showed up. And if he, he'd be mad at me if I told that story. You know? And he, and he ne- you know, it was, ne- no. it was nothing that he put on social media. No, and- no, 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 no. <laughs> just, just, just did it, you know. And then, you know, Mr. Engelhart, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of names from our past that uh, were just absolute pillars of the community that made, made the town what it is and what, what, what it still is. And there's still a lot of people in town that are giving their time that I'm friends with, you know, the Bertolo family, the Verones, and, you know, many, many, many others. You know, oh, Tommy yeah. DeMeo's back in town as the principal. These people are just great, great people that have done a lot for the town and continue to do so. So here you are. Now you start coaching here, right? And and now when you were coaching, you were coaching high school football as yeah. well. Went right to yeah. I coached right to uh, went right to, to varsity at the high school. Uh, we won my first five years there. We won five state championships when I first came on board. Uh, we, this is no this is no slouch. I, you know, for you guys that don't know the O'Hagan name, this, this is not a slouchy kind of. I'm just going to coach because I have spare time. These guys are competitive, and and they do it with love of the game and love of the kids. I mean, really do. Well, thank you, and that's that's why we do it. That's why we do it. But I was here, and it was funny. The, the first year I coached at Glenrock, my son was born. My son Michael was born, and a, a, another guy that coached with us at the time, Brian Young, great guy, great coach, unbelievable coach. He said, "I said, wouldn't it be crazy if we were still here, or if I was still here, 17 years from now?" When my son coaching our kids, coaching my kid, and sure as heck, <laughs> I was there 17 years. And uh, my son's last year, his class was very, very good. We lost in the state finals uh, to Mawa uh, at, at at the MetLife Stadium. We lost to uh, Paul Miola's, <laughs> you know, and they had, we had a lot of kids on that team that we all knew. And it's just, uh, it's been a great time. I know Glenrock knocked Hawthorne out of the game to go to the finals, yes. right? One of the one of the top top five or six high school games we've ever seen it was here at our place and uh yeah we won in overtime uh, by a, on, a, on a field goal great game i mean Hawth- the hawthorne glenrock rivalry has become become pretty good yeah i think it's becoming as big if not bigger than the hawthorne manchester oh, although yeah. hawthorne manchester is like yankees red Sox. yeah that's from a long time ago but 100 percent. yeah but i think I, th- I feel like this is like yankees tampa bay now over the last several years well you know there's a, there's a big hawthorne element here too because jeff kresh who lives in hawthorne and had two sons go to hawthorne high school and play there is the defensive coordinator here at glenrock oh is that right yeah. oh so this and and now so so we're gonna ask this question then i want to go into your 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 uh, political political side. Now you guys are listening to this after Hawthorne has played Glenrock, so we don't know the outcome yet. It's the middle of September. The game is on October one. They're playing in Hawthorne. They played in Hawthorne. I'm going to ask you now. You, you know the team, so Hawthorne or Glenrock? Well, to 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 be fair, when my son my son went to college, I stopped coaching at Glenrock. I, I've been coaching everybody else's kids my whole life. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go see my son play college. So I have not been involved with... Oh, so, so you've been going to Lehigh? Uh, no, no. I've or, been going uh, to, to Moravia and Muhlenberg. I go see nephew, my oh, nephew right, play. Oh, right, right. Nice. And then the pandemic hit last year. So to be fair, I don't know the kids in Glenrock. I haven't been there for five years, and I'm not coaching there this year either. So, But I do know one name on the Hawthorne team. My cousin's son is Eddie O'Hagan. Another O'Hagan. See, it, it never he, ends. And he's play, he plays middle linebacker, and he plays fullback. And I did see him play a few times. And uh, I'm not going to pick a score, but I'm just going to say he, he's going to be a tough out. He's going to be a tough out. 
All right, so so I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's gonna be 24-21. I'm going with the score, but I'm not gonna say who wins. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. All right. So how did you get involved in town politics? Well, just like a natural. No, another another one of those situations where my wife is very much involved in the town uh, with lots and lots of different functions that she does. They asked me when I was coaching at the high school, they were having some problems with the junior football program in town with some coaches that were, were leaving and things. So my son was in third grade, maybe. So I said, well, I'll go help out down there. So I'd go from work to the high school practice down to there. And then um, one year with the soccer situation, something came up and I went to a meeting and the, the people were going after the, after the guys on the town council. The guy Gene McInerney, one of my one of my all time heroes, one of my idols. And uh, I said to Gene, "This is ridiculous. Whoever is coming after you guys for this is absurd. If there's any ever anything I can do for you, please let me know." That's all you had to say. And he called me a couple months later. We had a cup of coffee right across the street here, and he said, "Look, we need we need coverage for like nine months because John Van Curen, who was on the council." Had, was now mayor, so there's a short opening. We would like to get have you come on for nine months and then decide what we'll you see want to what yeah, see what happens. So that was, you know, I was on the council for 16 years after that. <laughs> so we saw what happened. <laughs> yeah, so we saw what happened. Yeah, but, it, you know, again, it, I, I just felt that it was my time to to step up and, and do the right thing at, at the time. You know, you want, my wife always says, if you want to get something done, ask a busy person to do it. <laughs> so I just I said, you know what, I'll, I'll try. I put my name on the ballot and I got elected. And then next thing you know, it just went from there. And I just really love the town. I've, I've, uh, I, I've served until 2018. And uh, it's just been it's just it was a, it was a, look, it's tough. It's tough because everybody, like you said, we're sitting here. Everybody knows who you are. Everybody knows what they do. Social media became an absolute uh, horror. Cars is a, is a perfect way to put it. Yeah. I mean, my daughter would call me, and her, her girlfriends would call me from college. You know, somebody would go on the Glen Rockers or some other social media, not Glen Rockers per se, but a social media thing or a political one, and just blatantly come after me about something. And my daughter's in school, and she's getting calls from her friend. And I'm like, look, just don't don't worry about it. But what really what really tipped it for me to, to not to run again was. My wife was at Kilroy's, which is a staple here in town. Oh, yeah. And somebody came up to her and said, oh, you're Michael Hagen's husband? Yeah. You know, he's a real bleep, 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 bleep. Meanwhile, Seriously? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you know my wife, my wife was, it was either going to be not good or she was going to walk away. So she chose to walk away, which was, I'm very proud of her. But, <laughs> you know, that, that, comes with, that comes with the business. That comes with the territory. Um, but you know what? I just felt that. I did a lot as, as much as I could. Um, I always felt that uh, whenever I was on the council, I always remembered the people who weren't at the meetings. Because when I did get elected, a couple of my friends said, "Look, you're you represent everybody, not the six or seven people who come every time and yell at you. Just remember, there's a lot of other people. Trust your gut." So I always did my research. I always had all the information before I made a decision. And uh, you know, sometimes people agree with me, and sometimes they didn't. But the one thing I, I can promise you, Flavio, was that. When I put my head on the pillow every night after the meeting and every single vote I casted, I, I felt in my heart that I did what was the right thing for all for all of Glenrock. Yeah, and and that's that's just the thing. It's it's you know social media has gotten to the point where 
and I, and I, I say it all the time. Listen, guys, if you have if you have a beef about something, don't take it out on social media. Don't start like wham 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 with each other. Go to a council meeting. Go to a meeting. Go and talk to somebody. Send an email. Contact. And this is for all towns. This is yeah. not just our towns. Yeah. You know, instead of just sitting and saying, well, why didn't this happen? Or why didn't that happen? Go to a meeting and, and then ask the people that can, can make change. Or, here's one better. Run for office and make change. If you don't like the way something goes, change it. Make change. Well, it's funny you say that because my second year, on, I, I was in charge of public safety. Police, fire, ambulance, and OEM was my, my responsibility on the town. And right down the street on Glen and Maple Ave, there's a traffic light. We're looking at it right down the oh, street yeah. now. There was no, there wasn't a light. There. I know, not not when I there grew up, it wasn't there, there. Right. So one of a couple of the parents came to a meeting, and they had young children, and they said, "Listen, we we've been looking, we've been fighting for this for years and years and years. I'm the new guy on the block. Would you come and help us?" So I said, "Absolutely." I said, "What time you want to come?" And she goes, seven o'clock tomorrow morning." I said, "I'll be there." So I'm at the light of at Maple and Glen at seven o'clock in the morning, watching these young parents try to cross their kids. It was like couldn't do it. It was like Frogger. Remember the other? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, can't do it. Can't do it. And so I went with this young lady. I don't want to mention her name because I don't know if she wants me to say it, but she's wonderful. And she said, "Well, what do we got to do?" I said, "I don't know. Give me give me two weeks. I'll find out." Went to the, went to the county. Lenora Benjamin, our uh, our borough administrator, who's wonderful, she helped me get in, get the right people involved. We had a counter out there. How many cars went through in a two-hour period? Four thousand in two hours. In two hours from just like, traveling on Maple. Just on Maple Ave. Never forget the number. It was off the charts. And the guy from the county looked at it. He goes, "You guys need a traffic light here." Boom, boom. I said, "As a matter of fact, we do." Now, how do we do it? So then, going back to your contacts, I went across the aisle to Mr. Jurgenti, Senator Jurgenti nice. in Hawthorne who put me on the state gang task force for him, which is, you know, all kinds of good stuff. Good. Hey, yeah, how are you, Chad? And, uh, you know, we got it done. They said it takes about five or six years. I said, no, 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 that, that's not Five yeah, or six years is what ex- they said? Yeah, that's not acceptable. So we we just, we put a committee together with the, with the moms and the parents over here, and I called up every day. How are we doing on a traffic light? How, to the point where... You know the greasy, you know the greasy. Just, wheel put, just put a traffic light yeah, already. Yeah, we have the numbers. We have, and you're coming under the bridge there. It's terrible, and sure as heck, uh, we got it in. It sounds like you know you, you moved uh, Gibraltar, but we got it in like two years, and it was it, great. And every time I go past that, you know, there's a couple of things that I did on the council behind the scenes. That's the one. That's one of them that makes me feel very, very happy. And then I put speed humps in town, and they, they call them the O'Hagan speed humps. You know, people, <laughs> people don't like them, but, yeah, hey, you know what? Too bad. It slows people down. That's all. That's, That's all, all it's supposed to do. And all you got to do is go over it once, and you remember it's there. Exactly. <laughs> as soon as you get your, uh, yeah. your shocks yeah, well, adjusted. Yeah, well, you shouldn't be going that fast. See, and this is, this is a perfect example of back then... There weren't. There wasn't social media. No. So, so if parents had a, a beef, they took it up with you guys. They came to the council meeting. They they presented themselves in a, a civil, organized, nice way. Done. Was, and then you took the time to go down there course, and check it out. Of course, that's my four thousand cars in a, in a couple hours. And I said, that's look. And then again, to your point, if you want to get involved, you got to get involved. You got to jump into the deep end of the pool. Don't just sit around. Yeah, it's easy. To, it's easy to sit on the edge of the pool with your yeah. feet in, like right. just shaking them, saying "eh, me, 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 me." Yeah, you yeah. got to jump in and, and and you know, 
and get it done. And that's one of the things. And then the other one, uh, with my you know with my friendships with Joe Longo and Joe Spranza in Hawthorne with the fire department, we have a very difficult coverage issue here in Hawthorne. I mean in Glenrock. And I reached I reached out to Joe and I reached out to both Joe Spranza and Joe Longo, and got them with Tom Jennings, who's our chief here in Glenrock, who is. The volunteers in our town are unbelievable. To fire. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get I'm hoping yeah. to get Joe on because oh. because I I don't you know I, I know that there's still people that don't understand oh. that a volunteer fire department a volunteer ambulance corps it's volunteer I mean volunteer. They're, they're not getting paid no. but they go through the exact same training as anybody being trained in New York hundred percent and again of the things that I'm so proud of with the with the communication like we're having now right. I went to Joe. I went to Joe. I said, look, I'd like you to meet with Tom because we're having problems getting coverage during the day. Hawthorne has an unbelievable program. They have a junior program. They have like 120 volunteers. It's, it's amazing what Sprans and, and all of those guys have done. Yeah, yeah. John Lane. Truly, yep. All of those guys that have been there forever and ever and ever and ever. And so I, we got them together. They had that training facility behind Wagra Road. Beautiful. We helped, we meaning the, t- the borough of Glenrock, we committed monies to that. So that we could practice and help. Oh, them. do you guys train there too? Yes, we do. Thanks to Joe and Joe and, and, and Lenora and Tom, and we we dedicate money every year to, to help keep make sure that that works. And the, the 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 relationship with those guys is probably to me the most proud thing I've ever done. And no one knows it happened. Like, and I you're, you're really you're the first person I'm really telling about it. That to me because I see Longo and you know he's a real cup of sunshine. You know. <laughs> <laughs> And Spranza and all of those guys and and you know it, it just when when the when the alarm goes off at three o'clock in the morning and you hear it and everybody rolls over and goes back to bed. Remember, there's twenty guys jumping out of and, and ladies jumping out of bed to go see what's going on. And again, they're not getting paid no, for it. No, they they're all volunteers and it's just uh, it's just a tremendous tribute to and, and Hawthorne. The relationship we have with the volunteer ambulance and fire department with those two towns is. is great and perfect for for our conversation because it's i love hawthorne well now now the hawthorne ambulance the hawthorne volunteer ambulance is officially the oldest volunteer ambulance corps in the state of new jersey wow that's unbelievable yeah i think i think the what there was one other that was older i think it was belmar they just folded okay and and guys again it doesn't matter if you're in glenrock doesn't matter if you're in hawthorne these volunteer departments they they live on your donations. So when they when they're outside handing out little flowers and, and and you know with the little can out, throw some loose change in there, throw a dollar in there, throw a couple, you know, throw a couple bucks in there. That's that's how they survive. Because I can't begin to tell you what happens if the volunteer fire department goes away, or the volunteer ambulance department goes away. That you don't even want to know the mess that that creates to have other towns that have to come to your town and cover that and what happens to your taxes. Or, or worse, you have to hire people to become full-time uh, firemen. Yeah, and that comes out of your tax money. Oh, it, the, the numbers are, because you want to get into the minutia of it, but you have to have a certain amount of people to let the, the rig come out of the out of the facility. Yeah. It can't, it can't just be, you know, Joe Longo and Joe Spranza and Tom jumping on it. No, you got to have <laughs> you got to have guys that know how to drive. you got to have people you got to have four or five people at, at the scene. You just can't have... Yeah, you can't have one guy no. pulling out the hose and the other guy, you know, Correct. just stand there waiting. Correct. There's, there are there are certifications that have to be involved. There are absolutes that have to happen every time. The, every time a, a rig comes out of the fire department, there has to be protocols in place where they can't go out. So you're, 
making an excellent point. The ramifications of having to go hire five full-time, 24-hour-a-day firemen or firepersons is staggering. It's millions and millions of dollars. So listen, when you get those mailings, I know the Ambulance Corps, the Hawthorne Fire Department, I know I'm sure the Glenrock Fire Department, they, they do the same thing. When you get those mailings, don't just rip it up with the rest of your junk mail, okay? You rip up the AAA mailing, rip up, you know, the uh, all that other junk that you get in the mail, but don't rip up when the volunteer departments are looking for money because those fundraisers are how they generate enough money to keep the facilities going, to keep the vehicles going, to update. You know, they have to go through training. They're training every single year. There's new protocols. They had to go through training for, for the COVID protocols. Oh, absolutely. It, everything, and, and now the ambulance corps are even more intense. The, the amount of hours that they're expecting someone to be a volunteer uh, ambulance person. It's something like 220, oh, 250 hours. I've actually tried to, I tried to get that lowered, not just me, but a lot of members uh, when on council. And it's, how could, you know, who has time for that? So you're, you're, so you're trying to get people to help, but you're asking them to do, you know, 40 hours a month. All right, well, you got 10 hours a week spared to, to just yeah, plus go, working and plus still working making a living. And, right, 100%. So, yeah, to your point, support all of those, those, those folks. And Hawthorne and Glenrock, uh, they do an unbelievable job. Unbelievable job. Listen, Mike, I can't, I can't thank you enough. This has been a blast. I mean, it's, it's you know, know, knowing the history between you and Tommy, just hearing that and all the, all the old names that came out and, yeah. and remembering going to those games. And then and now with, you know, with, with Hawthorne and Glenrock becoming the rivalry, Let's you know. Let's see what happens. Again, we're recording this before the game on October first, so we're gonna see. Uh, we're gonna see how that game turns out when this episode comes out. Mike, thanks so much for coming. Well, Flavio, let me thank you. Um, this is a, a labor of love, I know, and it's a lot of work that you're putting into it. And to everybody out there, uh, he's what he's doing is is really outstanding work. And I know that uh, he's heard it from me before we started, but I, I can't thank you enough personally for putting the time in and, and being being a gentleman and the man that you are. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And and it truly is a labor of love. I mean, you know, it, it breaks my heart whenever I see, especially when it's no fault of these businesses, you know, when they have to, when they have to close. Cause I know my dad, you know, when he opened his shop, he was a tailor, didn't even speak English, ended up opening a shop in Ridgewood and then, you know, had his own shop in Glen, in uh, Hackensack. And knowing what goes into that, and, and you have some of these people that put their whole life savings. I mean, their whole life goes into these businesses and to see them fold for no fault of their own because of this pandemic. So I encourage everybody listening, support your local businesses, support, support, you know, and, and support your neighbors. I mean, I encourage people from Hawthorne, come over to Glenrock. There's a lot of places in Glenrock that we don't have in Hawthorne. And there's a lot of places in Glenrock, in Hawthorne, that we don't have in Glenrock. So, you know, support one another, encourage one another, and, uh, and, and you know, you're going to see a lot more O'Hagans. I mean, the O'Hagans are never going away. <laughs> That's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> All right, Mike, thanks so much. Thank you, Flavio. All right, guys, we'll talk soon. Be well. Be well.